Welcome to Take Back Your Country. I'm David Flint. In 2017, almost 50,000 cases of influenza were established by laboratory certification. So there were many more cases in Australia. And unfortunately, well over 1,200 people died, 1,255 to be exact. So far this year, there have been 157 who've unfortunately died from the Wuhan virus, COVID-19. 157 died. Certainly there won't be the number of people who die this year from the COVID virus as died from influenza in 2017. 2017 was a big year for influenza. But there are many years where the number of deaths comes close to that, well over a thousand. And 157 so far in relation to COVID, and it certainly won't rise to the amount of the number of deaths of influenza in 2017. Yet the news every day is filled with stories about COVID about the number of cases, where they are, how important are the lockdowns, what we mustn't be doing, and so on. Yet in 2017, there were no news, there was no news at all, hardly, about the influenza pandemic that was sweeping Australia. Now why does the newspapers, why do the newspapers, why does the media treat these things so differently? Why do they remove from the front page stories of greater danger to the country than COVID-19? The Afghan surrender by President Biden may mean that we are defenseless. And that goes really to the heart of things in this nation. General Molan recently warned that we don't have the armed forces, however good they are. We don't have armed forces which are large enough, lethal enough, and sustainable enough to defend this country. He says that without America rushing to our aid, we would be knocked out, if not in a few days, in a few weeks. The situation for us in Australia is worse than in 1941, when the British General Percival, against the orders of Churchill, surrendered to a larger force and gave up the great fortress of Singapore. And just to correct a line that's been taken about that in the Australian Parliament by Paul Keating, the British did not abandon us at that time. Certainly it was a terrible thing, but as many British forces were caught up in that surrender, but the British continued, notwithstanding the fact that they were fighting for their home territory against the Germans. They continued the fight in Burma, in India, and on the seas, particularly from their great defence port in Ceylon. They did not abandon Australia. In fact, they'd sent out a fleet to Singapore to help defend the island fortress, but unfortunately, they didn't have enough air cover to protect it from the Japanese. The situation now is grim. 
When General Nolan says that our armed forces are not sustainable enough, he points to the fact that we have a very short number of days of fuel left in the country to supply the armed forces. And we certainly don't have the manufacturing industry that we had in the Second World War to sustain those armed forces because the politicians have wound up our manufacturing industry or much of it and sent it off to China. The situation now is that the emerging Beijing, Moscow, Tehran axis, along with North Korea, are threatening a number of countries. And in the front line are Israel, the Ukraine, and in this region, Taiwan. The danger is that the dictator, the Chinese communist dictator Xi, may well be contemplating war in relation to Taiwan because he senses quite rightly that the Americans are being led by a very weak and perhaps treacherous president, certainly the worst president in living memory. But meanwhile in Australia, the media is full of this virus, which certainly has not done the damage, which in 2017 influenza did in Australia. And the tin pot dictators who constitute the national cabinet have now announced that their latest silver bullet is mass vaccination. It's worth listening on that and watching on that. Dr. Robert Malone in American Thought Leaders, just Google American Thought Leaders, Dr. Robert Malone, because he warns that mass vaccination may well be a silly thing to do. In fact, Wise and sensible reader, leaders would be using vaccination to protect the most vulnerable, that is the aged, and those who are already ill from other diseases, certainly not the healthy. And what he warns is an analogy that exists in relation to over-vaccination to the overuse of antibiotics. If you overuse these, if you excessively vaccinate, if you overuse antibiotics, the result is because of mutation, you produce, or you can produce, it's not guaranteed, but you can produce a dangerous superbug. They may well strengthen the COVID virus by this excessive use of vaccination. And now they're talking of boosters as well. It's not going to be the silver bullet that the tin pot dictators say it is, because it's not going to stop the virus. They've been pretending that they can eliminate the virus, and of course they can't eliminate the virus. The politicians have been pretending that the low impact of the virus in Australia is because of them. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the fact that we are an isolated remote island or two islands, and that is our greatest defence against the virus. Well. What Dr. Malone also points out, he wonders why it is treated as misinformation if you dare mention the use of early treatments in relation to the virus. In particular, ivermectin and others, early cheap methods of fighting the virus when people get sick, provided it is given to them immediately. And we're not giving that to them immediately although many scientists say we should. But if you dare say this, 
big tech says this is misinformation. And Dr. Malone, who's an expert, in fact, he is one of the fathers of Pfizer and that sort of family of vaccines. He says that uh, the situation is that these these early treatments should be being used and he he implies quite clearly that the reason they're not being used is that the greatest opposition to them is big pharmacy because they want to make a lot of money out of developing new and very expensive medicines. So why are the tin pot dictators concentrating on excessive vaccination well, they could be looking at early treatment. Why aren't they looking at early treatment? Because people are dying. The vulnerable are dying because they're not getting early treatment. That at least is the view of a number of experts in the field. And Dr. Malone asks, why hasn't there been a high-powered investigation of the efficacy of these medicines, which many doctors think are very good? Why hasn't there been this high-powered investigation of their efficacy? That wouldn't cost a fortune with the amount of money that governments are spending as very suspicious that that is not being undertone. Meanwhile, the tin pot dictators in Australia, in all of the states and in the Commonwealth, have effectively removed the checks and balances which exist in the constitutional system so that they cannot use and misuse their powers, which they are doing. We had, for example, a classic case in New South Wales where the Premier of New South Wales closed down the construction industry for about two weeks, costing $1.4 billion. And that was done, according to the Chief Medical Officer, that was done without medical advice. So the Premier dared to use, or have the the Minister for Health use his powers under the Public Health Act to close down a whole industry. There are checks and balances against this. We had those in colonial times. We had those right down to recent years, but the politicians have taken away those checks and balances. They've put the Executive Council into refrigeration, which should be dealing with these sorts of things, and Parliament is not sitting. We are dominated by these tin pot dictators who don't know what they're doing, who are costing an enormous amount of money. Fellow Australians, it's time to take back your country. I'm David Flint.